We are all over the map this week with updates on racism, sexism, ageism, and other isms. A new segment is Things I Really Don't Care About. We'll see if Kurt does. We track it all, plus a brand new liberal paradox and my solution to it. With 685 days to go in Joey B's first term, this is Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. And before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's uh, tip of the headphones here to our wonderful sponsors at Dale Carter's America. Bob Watson, State Farm agent for five decades, taking care of you. The weather's going to start to get warmer now, and maybe you're going to put that boat in the, the lake. Does it have the right insurance? Do you need a quote? Call my friend Bob Watson. He's been covering us for nearly 30 years at Casa Del Carter. He's at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance. He can take care of your business. And again, licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. So don't let the Blue Springs address throw you. He has a full staff there, and they are ready to deal with any concern that you have. So thanks, Bob, for being part of Dale Carter's America. Royal Roofing and Solar. Boy, it's going to be a rainy week this week in the Kansas City area. How's that roof holding up? The roof is the most important thing in your house, really. I mean, that's the shelter. That's what keeps you dry. And it could also heat and cool your home if you go the solar route. Royal Roofing and Solar can get you updated on all those things. Definitely take care of your roof like they took care of mine. And if your house is situated perfectly for it, solar might be an option. And uh, Austin and his team there, uh, they'll come down and they'll talk to you. They'll lay it out for you in perfect English and no pressure at all. Uh, they're just some good folks down in Cass County who've been around for a very long time. 816-540-7057. Austin uh, Watterson wanted me to uh, pass on to you that there are tax credits and credits, tax credits and grants available for small uh, rural business and ag producers. If you fall into that category, make sure you're getting what you deserve. Funhouse Pizza. We got to schedule our next uh, little field trip, Kurt. Yeah, we do. We do. I was thinking when it got a little warmer, maybe in April, we could go to uh, the Funhouse Pizza in Lee's Summit. Yeah, that sounds good. Some folks have been asking me about it, and uh, Jim Dingman has been with us for a year now. Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Great place to host your gathering. Maybe you're going to have a birthday party for somebody. Pizza's always great, uh, and they've got cold drinks as well, and a lot of fun games too. And uh, Jim was hitting me up. He's like, man, I I, I got all these tickets and all that, and I'm going to put them up for grabs. He's always got contesting going on at Funhouse Pizza. So check it out. 50 Highway Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Plus, he might hire your kid, too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One more thing here. Um, Mark Tarmina, who is with us uh, from Midwest GI Health in Lee Summit. Um, we're not making a joke here. As, as the president would say, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Not a joke. Um, that colorectal cancer will kill you. And there's a new study out. I saw this last week. March is colorectal or colon cancer awareness month. And it's creeping down younger and younger. Used to be a hard age of 50, but now they've dropped that to 45 to get your colonoscopy. And the story that I'm seeing here from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, um, says they've seen a 29-year-old die of colon cancer. And it is so avoidable. It's something that they can screen for and save your life. 
and Dr. Mark Taramina and Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit. They've got all the services under one roof and a great staff of doctors. Google rating 4.9 out of 5 stars. Get with them and get screened. Midwest GI Health and Wellness in Lee's Summit, 816-836-2200. They are online at MidwestGIHealth.com. Good folks there. We've got great sponsors here for Dale Carter's America. As we jump into all this, um, first of all, I want to thank any of you who are in our audience on the podcast who jumped in and helped us with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital two-day radiothon on KFKF and Q104. We raised nearly $305,000 for uh, the kids at St. Jude, childhood cancer, and we thank you so much for uh, stepping up there if you did. And if not, we'll do it uh, the first probably Thursday and Friday of March of next year. So uh, I ran into somebody at Slim for Life, one of my clients, uh, Kurt, that I've gone to for 20 years. And um, she, we were at the door at the same time when it opened on Saturday morning. She goes, whoa, thanks for making me cry. Mm-hmm. you know. And then she talked about how you know she has a lot of student debt. And so when I get that retired, uh, I want to jump in and be a partner in Hope. What I should have told her was, you know, there's still a chance that her student loan could be forgiven, right? Yeah, right, right. They're, they're arguing about it at the Supreme Court right now. Uh, Joey B's $400 billion student loan giveaway, and it's at the Supreme Court, where with the First Amendment, you can pretty much say anything. And Randy Weingarten, who is one of our uh, favorite uh, punching bags here at uh, Dale Carter's America, can you? Ima- I want you to listen to this clip, and then I want you to think, is she married? I wonder, you know, what her husband thinks, right? This is somebody who lives with somebody. Everybody loves somebody sometime is the words of the old Dean Martin song. And so somebody loves Randy Weingarten. Can you imagine getting into an argument with her? Roll the clip. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it, the corporations challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right, that is not fair, and that is what we are fighting as well when we say, cancel student debt. What I'm thinking about is her poor husband, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what pisses me off? You left your underwear on the floor. You left your socks on the floor. You left the toilet seat up. <laughs> Literally exactly like that. Oh, man. Okay. But with so, the bounce, too. Like, <laughs> you left the toilet seat up. You left your socks on the floor. <laughs> You didn't take the trash out. <laughs> My wife's not like that. Is yours? No. Of oh, that's not. good. Then we married not. well. Okay. So obviously, there's a difference here, um, and the difference would be that we shut the economy down. Right? We told people not to go to work. We gave them free money that they printed in the basement at the White House. All that free money that went out, which is really the cause of all the inflation that we have right now. So we shut down all those businesses. I hate it when people compare this to the PPP loans that went out, right? Because I know people who got them. They got them with the understanding of, we're we're giving you this bridge here, and if you don't lay off all of your people here, there's a chance that you might be able to keep that money. That is so different from student loan debt. 
basically, you've made the decision that you want to go to X university, so you have put your name on the dotted line that you're going to take out a loan and you're going to pay it back. Nobody forced you to go to that university, right? right. And what about what about a trade school? Okay. Yeah. What about the guy who um, you know decided he wanted to be a plumber and he became an apprentice and he bought all these tools over there? Are we going to forgive that? Yeah. I mean, what you said is nobody. The, the crux of the issue, nobody forces you to go to college or take on student loan debt, but the, our entire economy was forced to shut down under COVID. You right. know? So something had to be done about that. Of course, I mean, there's all kinds of corruption there too, which is a different different uh, issue, but still, yeah, not well, the same. Thank God Merrick Garland is not a member of the Supreme Court. I mean, they tried to get that done, uh, but thank God that did not happen. Because right now he's just the attorney general, and that can be remedied with a 2024 election. I We don't have the clip on this, and I did see it when it happened um, where he was talking. I can't remember whether it was Holly or Cruz who were blasting him at this point. It might have been Holly, because Holly was talking about, and we'll get to his clip in a minute, about this family and what they went through with the FBI um, because of their pro-life beliefs. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was Holly. And he's like, you know, why aren't you finding these people who are terrorizing these pro-life people? You find the other people on the other side of it pretty quick. And Garland's response was, well, those crimes are happening at night. Yeah. So we can't really we can't do much about that because it's happening at night. So note to criminals out there, if you really want to get away with it, do it at night. Right. Yeah, I found some clips, but they're longer clips. Yeah, so. well, let's don't do that. Let's yeah. go back and, and blast him another way, uh, because Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley uh, blasting Merrick Garland on how he handled justice security after the leaked opinion came out. Uh, the AG had an interesting story uh, as to why he can't prosecute those who terrorize pro-life centers, and again, it's because they're out at night and they can't be found. Uh, but Ted Cruz, oh my gosh, I never want to be in a courtroom opposite this guy. <laughs> right, right. right. Let's check it out. No attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residence of every justice. Well, Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an a question. I am Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment? Justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent hey, 70 me, United States Marshals. Let me try again. To and Have let me you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes-no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended to the lives of the justices with so over how do seventy you decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals. Know that they have full. Okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to. How give do you? And the <laughs> <laughs> he just went after him, and then Holly goes after him, and and that's the story of the uh, family, the pro-life family that the FBI in full battle gear and you know yeah. automatic weapons went after, and, and Holly, oh my gosh, he wins the day on this one. 
Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States, you are in charge of the Justice Department, and yes, sir, you are responsible. The so F give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of, of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know That's the jury in this case acquitted Mr. Houck? I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. One hour. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. And then you haul them into court, and a jury acquits him in one hour. Boom. He wins. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, you know, that's our senator in Missouri, Josh Hawley, doing a good job because, you know, you got to hold these people's feet to the fire. And to his point, he's right. Liberals are decrying guns, 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 unless, of course, it's the FBI, right, walking into your house and, and aiming all these guns at you. Yeah. And the point that uh, Cruz was making was about I mean, they're kind of related issues, but he was making the point about, you know, the uh, justices being mm -hmm. threatened after the, the leak of the Supreme Court decision. And he was trying to ask uh, A.G. Garland if he had prosecuted any of the people making the threats, which he didn't. And he repeatedly refused to answer the question. You know, he tries to say he sent people to protect them and stuff like that, but he didn't prosecute anyone who actually came out with these violent threats, which is kind of interesting. Well, they are so, prosecuting the guy who went with a gun and breaking in tools for Brett Kavanaugh, but really they didn't have any choice on that. Right. But to your point, anyone who tries to intimidate a judge or a member of a jury is subject to uh, criminal penalty. Yeah. And, and look at their houses. I mean, there, there were like mobs outside their houses, yeah. their churches, where their kids went to school. I mean, it was just shameful, uh, and he did nothing. Yep. He, he sent some marshals, yep. and, and he didn't prosecute any under, under that statute, as Senator Cruz points out. Okay, we switch gears. This is a Pennsylvania school district. Now, <laughs> a quick story on math, all right? You know I'm not a math major, right? Yes. And math is not my strong suit, and I've, I've always owned that. Um, and it almost cost me my college degree. Have I told you this story? No. Okay. So I'm in college at University of Southern Indiana, and I have to have 10 hours of math and science, even though I'm a political science major, which is total bullshit, right? Because political science, it's like, what do you give us some something on Socrates or you know something like that, Plato, um, and then you write like five pages of bullshit. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, but I was always a good bullshitter too. <laughs> specific math problems. Oh, I just can't do it. But I think I could do it in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania in this school district wants to teach feelings in math. 
feelings in math. Not necessarily, you know, algebraic formulas and things like that, but feelings in math. I think I could do well in that class. Yeah, yeah, maybe you would have passed. I, well, I did get, well, the, the moral of the story is um, I took first semester and it was two plus two is four. Okay, Mm -hmm. it was basic elementary math one. And in basic elementary math one, you had um, a group of young ladies who wanted to be elementary school teachers. And in the back row was the basketball team at the University of Southern Indiana and me. Okay, (laughs) and it was taught by the cross country coach who had kind of a sense of humor about all this. And I got an A. It's the only A I've ever gotten in a math class. (laughs) Second semester, it's taught by a high school teacher who was doing it at night. And he had no sense of humor. Mm. And, uh, you know, it got into geometry and stuff like that that I never grasped. And I got a D plus. I think he felt sorry for me, and he wanted to make sure I graduated and did not come back into his class. <laughs> so I gave me a D plus, and I did graduate, uh, even though I still don't know a whole lot about math. So, But, again, he didn't ask me what my feelings were. Yeah, you know, maybe if you went back and redid it now, things would be different. Let's check it out. Pennsylvania School District is considering a proposal to add feelings to math class. The lessons for kindergartners, it's for kindergartners through fifth grade, and it would include social emotional learning elements. But with our children already ranking low in math proficiency, is this really going to help them get ahead? Jeannie Ewing is a member of the Littlestown Pennsylvania School Board, and she joins us now. Good morning, Jeannie. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. So you're you're against this. Will it well, pass? Well, at first, let me say. First, let me say that I don't represent the whole school board. Okay. And um, I, and when I was elected, because I'm an elected official, I was sworn in because we're a constitutional republic that uh, I would uphold the constitution and put our children first. So when I am presented with something, I do my due diligence and I look into it. And when we first were shown this program, I saw that it had social emotional learning. And my first thought is, what does that have? What do feelings have to do with math? So that's where it all began. Those are our thoughts, too. What? There you go. Yeah. So um, one of the things I always thought I would be really good at, because I've had like 10 therapists in my life between marriage counselors and just flat-out therapists, I always thought I could be a good one. Because, you know, you talk about feelings. If, if you were going to be in a therapy situation, have you ever been in one? Uh, when I was a kid, like a couple times, yeah. but not since So then. here's how it works. You ask a question, and then you answer. And then I, as the therapist, say, and how does that make you feel? (laughs) And then I ask you another question, Kurt. And then I say, and how does that make you feel? And then I ask you probably a third question, and it's like, and how does that make you feel? And then after you've answered those three questions, I say, I think our time is about up for this week. Would you like to make another appointment? That'll be $500. Exactly. (laughs) I think I would be great at it. Yeah, maybe you would. Maybe yeah. you would. All right. Well, maybe that'll be another career down the road there. We'll have to do a mock therapy session on Dale Carter's America. So I think we, we should. Test it out. <laughs> How does Randy Weingarten feel about yeah. that? That's what, does she think that there ought to be feelings taught in math because she knows everything? I don't know. Um, okay. So as we move on, we switch gears one more time. And uh, Joey B is getting a lot of uh, slings and arrows about this. I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, she's one of your favorite people in Congress. I know that, right? She's Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So she went after Joe Biden about a fentanyl overdose, and uh, I guess the child died, and this is how President Biden handled it. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. 
Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, he's blaming Trump, and probably in a legal sense, if it came across during Trump's presidency, it is his fault. What are you doing about the fentanyl flood that's coming over the border? And second, is there anything funny about kids dying from fentanyl? I mean, I get it's his nervous tick and all that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, this doesn't make my hair on fire. I just right. think it's a bad look. It's bad optics. Yeah, I don't really think it's that big of a deal, especially considering that he is like completely senile and like has no idea where he is or what's going on at any time. I mean, it's just like every time I see him speak, I mean, just look at him. He looks like a freaking like skeleton, man. He just looks like not healthy. 685 more days to go in the first term, oh, and man. he will serve them all. I don't care if it's got to be weekend at Biden's house. I mean, they need to prop him up or whatever, because this is what people voted for, and you need to live every stinking day of this. Yeah. And, you know, Democrats are confused by him. Nancy Pelosi was confused by him. Um, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the uh, D.C. crime bill. The city council passed this bill that basically takes felonies and turns them into misdemeanors. And really, if you want to commit a crime under this law, this is the place you ought to do it. The mayor of D.C., who's very liberal, vetoed it. The city council overrode the veto. Well, the District of Columbia is not a state, and hope to God it never becomes a state. Seriously. Uh, because right now it's under the control of the U.S. Congress, House of Representatives to be specific. So the Republican-led House passed a bill that said, you can't do this. All right? The grown-ups are in town. You can't do this. The Senate is concurring in a bipartisan way, and Joe Biden uh, says he would sign that bill. And the Democrats who voted to uphold that law, now they're really confused because they were looking for cover from Joe Biden. It's like, we're going to vote for this because we're, we want to be on your side. We're down with the struggle. We get that all these felonies, they're just terrible. You should be able to shoot somebody and make it a misdemeanor. It's not that big a deal. And then Joe Biden says he's not going to veto it. He's going to sign it. Mm. And there are people, uh, Democrats in both the House and the uh, Senate, who are really confused about it. I wonder if um, Emmanuel Cleaver's confused about it. I'm sure he voted for it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not like we have any crime problems here. So. Yeah. So <laughs> the update to the story is now the president of the city council says, you know what, we're going to walk this back and reconsider it. Yeah. I guess because he knows that it's going to be, you know, with uh, that it's going to be overridden by the Congress and the president. He doesn't really have a choice. Yeah. He's trying to get ahead of it. I heard uh, Nancy Pelosi's quote on this. It's like, well, we wish the president had given us a heads up on this. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? Oh, it's yeah. Tuesday. Okay, I'm going to sign it today then. Right, he he right. is seriously, he's like the governor in uh, Blazing Saddles, right? Yeah, yeah. What a great movie, by the way. And, and if you want to see our president... It's Mel Brooks in Blazing Saddles playing the governor, because that's exactly how he is. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I need to go back and watch oh, it. Oh, great movie. Will never be remade. Oh, yeah, no it's way. It's just politically incorrect. They would never be able to remake that movie. All right, we'd go into our deep dives here, and we got a couple of three things here on the uh, docket for you today. Uh, first up is um, former President Donald Trump at CPAC. And um, some clips and then some thoughts. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. 
Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. There you go. The retribution. That's not necessarily the, I mean, that's red meat for the CPAC crowd, and I get that. Where I take exception is another clip. Do you have the other clip? Yep, we got it right here. When we started this journey, a journey like there has never been before, there's never been anything like this. We had a Republican Party that was ruled by freaks, neocons, globalists, open border zealots, and fools. But we are never going back to the party of Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and Jeb Bush. Okay, here's where I jump in on this. He lost the last election. I mean, if you want to go with conspiracy theorists and say that it was stolen and all these ballots got counted and that's the reason Biden is is president, you know, go with that. Um, The midterm did not become the red tsunami. We could have reasons for that. I'm telling you, if we nominate Donald Trump, first of all, my own personal feeling is I'd vote for him because his policies would be better than the Democrat alternative. But you cannot go into an election with a fractured Republican Party. He has to somehow, whoever the nominee is, has to unite this party like it's never been united before and then reach out to those in the middle. That is the winning strategy for winning. I mean, this gets a lot of laughs, a lot of guffaws, a lot of harumphs uh, at CPAC, but he's not going to be the president with that kind of rhetoric. It's just not going to happen. I mean, is he wrong, though? Are you saying he's wrong, or you just disagree with the messaging? I disagree with the messaging. I mean, you know, (laughs) you can think that, but Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment was, thou shalt not talk badly about another Republican. And he's basically taking half of the party. He's, I mean, that everybody he just mentioned represents about half the Republican Party. Where are the votes going to come from? If, if he only has 50, if he only has the CPAC crowd, he's going to lose the middle because he's already lost the argument in the middle uh, because those people didn't vote for him in 2020. The suburban housewives in Pennsylvania did not vote for him in 2020. They're not going to vote for him in 2024. I mean, he got in in 16 because it was like, this is new. This is different. This is refreshing. It's not refreshing anymore. This is, this is the same old Donald Trump. Now, the first part of the message I was okay with. You know, it's like he should go out there and say, all right, I didn't win in 2020. Um, how's that working out for you? Mm-hmm. Go with that message. Say these were the policies that we did, and this is why it worked. I mean, to basically take down Jeb Bush. I mean, who else? George W. Bush, his brother. Was he a terrible I mean, president? Jeb Bush sucks, though. Like, he's he's not— what, why does he's he suck? A conservative. Why does he suck? Because he ran Florida for two terms. What was wrong with Florida when Jeb Bush was governor? I mean, he's not he's not charismatic. Define he's it. not cons- he's not leading conservatively. Okay, there's a lot of non-charismatic Republicans who that guy is going to need if he wants to be the next president. Right, but I mean, in in a lot of ways, this is the same message that he's been, you know, that he had in 2016, and exactly and he won in 2016. Right, because he was refreshing and new. This is not refreshing and new. This is old. 
This is this is Donald Trump, and the I'm telling you, the same act is not going to win in 2024. It's just not going to win. You know, it's like um, okay, I don't want any of you Republicans to vote for me. I just want the CPAC Republicans to vote for me. How many states does he win? I mean, if you're talking about a general election, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know, but I mean, it, it's it, it's all speculation at this point. I mean. It's hard to say, but I do think that that message resonates with a lot of people, and the Republican Party is broken. I mean, the the Republican Party, and this is my problem with it, and even with CPAC, you know, we've had CPAC going on for all these years now, and everyone gets up on stage, you know, Trump included, and they they say, rah, rah, you know, we're going to make America conservative again, and we, we, you know, we're going to drain the swamp, and everyone gets up and cheers and then throws their money, you know, into the into the Republican establishment, you know, pool, and then nothing changes and we just keep losing. So that's the part that I care about. I care about winning. I care about, you know, not who is going to be president, whether it's going to be Trump or DeSantis or whoever else. I care about actually making gains in politics and making gains in in the culture. And that just hasn't been happening. I mean, Trump is the best example we've had in recent memory, but even he, you know, he, he says he's going to destroy the deep state and all that. I mean, he didn't really do that when he was president. He, he had did four a lot years. of great things. He didn't do it. He didn't really do that as president. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. And I, when you govern, Kurt, you've got to have some sort of coalition to get anything done. And basically, he's thrown down the gauntlet and says, I'm going to win, and I'm just going to I'm going to be the bull in a china shop again. To your point about fixing the Republican Party, this is not the way to fix the Republican Party. I'm not sure about that because, I mean, I, I think it's— Tell me how it fixes it. It runs off half the party— well, that's that's the thing, though. You have to. <laughs> Who's going to vote for him? Well, I think voters are tired of Republican politics as usual. They're tired of losing all the time. They're I think t- they're tired of inflation. I think they're tired of high gas prices. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They're tired. They're, and it's everything: immigration, gas prices, energy prices. You know, the, well, let me the, just let me just state this. You know, somewhere in Delaware, in the basement at Joe Biden's house, this is their wet dream. The only way that. Joe Biden wins another term is if this guy is the nominee. Any other Republican would beat Joe Biden. I don't know about that. You think Nikki Haley is going to beat Joe Biden? I don't Come think on. Nikki Haley is going <laughs> to be the nominee. But I think any Republican that gets through the process, other than Donald Trump, because the the, the messaging is already out there and the decision has already been made by voters in the middle, and he's now saying half the Republican Party is fools and idiots. And Right, but he's he's not talking about voters. He's talking about the party. He's oh, yeah. talking about the establishment of the party, politicians. How the, okay, how about the millions in Florida who voted for Jeb Bush? Are they idiots and fools? But he's not saying that. Like He's, he's, he's saying the guy they voted for is an idiot and a fool. Yeah, he is saying that. How yeah. about the millions who voted for his brother, a two-term president? Well, I, was I, he horrible? I, I would could almost guarantee you that those people who voted for him for governor, a vast majority of them or a large portion of them now support Trump because because he he has this message of you know, this is not the old Republican Party because people are tired of the old Republican yeah. Party. They're tired of losing. Like I said, they're tired of, you know, the the Republican swamp or whatever you want to call it. He's he started this. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for the the style of politics that Trump has brought to the Republican Party. You can say what you want about how effective he was as president. He did a lot of great things. He he missed some opportunities, too. But 
He's the he's the one that started this whole conversation. He's the only one really talking about well, it. I have said all along I had no problem with his policies, and I thought he was a very effective president. He's a terrible communicator. Absolutely terrible communicator. I, I disagree, man. Well, disagree all fucking day if you want to. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm telling you that if you nominate this guy, we're going to lose in a ball of fire. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I'm. I try CPAC and keep loves an, him. Put up the poll. CPAC try, loves him. Try and keep an open mind about it. You know, I mean, I. I'm waiting to see what, what happens. You I've know? got enough evidence to tell you that he is not going to win. He did not win in 2020, regardless of what the tinfoil hat people think. He did not win in 2020. I think he was one of the two main reasons that we did not win in the 2022 midterm. One of two. Abortion is one, which the Democrats played to a hilt, and Donald Trump was the other. And here's another thing I'll tell you. In all of these primaries coming up, the Democrats, in every state they can, will cross over and vote for Donald Trump. He'll come out of it looking like he is a, a head of steam, and then he'll get to the general election, and we will lose in a landslide. Yeah, that's kind of a, a big part of it, too, right, in terms of the Republican primary and we're, if you're just listening, we have the uh, CPAC straw poll pulled up. Uh, thinking ahead of the 2024 Republican primary for president, blah, blah, blah. Who would you vote for for president is what it says. Uh, Trump, 62. DeSantis, 20. So he's running away with it. But, you know, it's a selective crowd, CPAC. You know, they're, and DeSantis didn't go to CPAC. He didn't speak at CPAC. So it's, it's a little bit skewed in that sense. Right. But, um, you know, in terms of the primary, I think it's going to depend a, a lot, too, on, like, how many people run and how many people are viable candidates. Because if it's like 2016, how he really won the primary in 2016 is because there were so many people running, he was able to maintain that base of, say, 30, 35 percent throughout the entire process. Right. And that was the plurality that he needed in order to get the nomination. If it's just him and DeSantis, I think it's a harder uh, uh, it's a harder path for him to get to the nomination rather than if it's like him and DeSantis and 16 other people because that that vote that DeSantis would get, I think, if I had to predict, is going to be split maybe between some of those other people and it's going to make it harder for him to get to the number needed. Well, and again, remember, Democrats in every state they can, including Missouri, are going to cross over in a, in a primary because... They're smarter than we are when it comes to things like this, okay? They're going to settle on Joe Biden. Come hell or high water, he's going to be their nominee. I don't think anybody else is going to be able to get in. So if he's their nominee and it comes to primary day in those states, they're going to cross over and they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to isms because I think we have more common ground in isms. Um, and, and one of the biggies is equity versus equality. And, and I, first of all, I, I didn't used to like Bill Maher. I like him more and more. And I think he's a guy that I could sit down and have a reasonable conversation with. And we'd probably disagree at the end of the day, but I think that we would have some reasonable conversations because he's a liberal, and, but he's not afraid of taking on liberals. I'm not afraid of taking on conservatives I don't agree with. He's not afraid of taking on liberals that he disagrees with. And here he is with uh, Bernie Sanders. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That, like, it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about uh, 
deer in the headlights. I don't know what the answer is. Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more a guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, mean, I think so. I think yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So which, do you come, which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. No, he, de- he really doesn't. They, they, because there's an equity bill moving through Congress right now, and, and that's exactly right. Bill Maher is, nails it 100%. It's about um, a guarantee of outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a totally reasonable question. And Bernie kind of digs himself into a hole there because, I mean, it is, it is you know, I guess uh, somewhat refreshing. At least he's not just giving some bland you know political answer like he says oh i don't really know you know and and you know at least he's not just (laughs) getting on a stump or whatever but he he kind of tanks his own ideology there because at the end of the clip you know they make the distinguishing uh this the distinguishment between equality being equal opportunity and equity being equal outcome and bill maher says well which side do you come on he says equality which we already have, you know, like we already have equality. So all of these things that he's talking about, you know, the isms, as you say, uh, it's a moot point because it's, you know, everyone has the same opportunity in this country. And I think everyone knows that. And the left is going after equity. That's why we have these race-based programs, affirmative action, uh, you know, feminism just totally getting out of control. It's because people want equal outcome. That's why we talk about the gender wage gap you know, and, and nitpick on that, even though it's been totally debunked and other things like that, because equity or equality, equal opportunity to do what you want and have the freedom to do what you want in this country is not enough for these people. Yeah. Lori Lightfoot was elected as mayor of Chicago four years ago, and uh, they have a system in Chicago where there's so many people who are running for mayor, they take the top two uh, to move on to a runoff, and Lori's done such a horrible job as mayor of Chicago that she did not make the top two. And of course, it's not, it can't be, gosh, maybe my policies weren't good, you know, maybe I I should have been a little more serious about the crime uh, that's affecting Chicago. Uh, for her, it comes down to racism and sexism. Those are the two reasons that she lost her reelection bid, racism and sexism, because she's, I think she's black, right? Yeah. She's black. Um, and uh, she's a woman, right? Are we sure about that? <laughs> that one's a little bit more up in the air. I think. She's also a lesbian. I mean, why didn't she throw that out? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's a clear bias. She's also ugly. Why didn't she? You know, that's a that's a uh, oppressive. Well, I think if, she, <laughs> if she'd used her sexuality, that might have been the, the hat trick. Racism, <laughs> sexism, and um, sexual orientation. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe the, the voters in Chicago were, were tired of the war there. I think there, there are places and cities where they're getting a little bit, they're, they're done with it. Um, and maybe you saw this, nearly two dozen people were arrested in Atlanta over the weekend mm-hmm. for a violent protest at a construction site of a new public safety training center. Now, these people are terrorists. Like, there's two dozen of them, and they come from all over the country. And actually, uh, I think one was from Canada. One might have been from France. And, you know, what is it that you want Either you don't want policing at all, which I think is a really, really bad idea. Um, After the George Floyd thing, they wanted more training, better training for police officers. And I get that. And I want that as well. So Atlanta, the Atlanta area, they build this huge facility 
and its only reason for existing is to train cops better so they can handle the job better. And these thugs go at it throwing bricks, rocks, Molotov cocktails. They're throwing them at officers. And um, it's all about anarchy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they just, uh, it goes into the ACAB, you know, uh, F the police type mentality. So, and it's interesting because they want more training. You know, they'll say, oh, police need to be better trained. And they so do. That they, so that they don't, you know, commit these violent racist acts or whatever they say. But then once they actually try and put money into doing that, they don't want that either. So. They just don't want any government. They, they, they want complete and total anarchy. Lord of the flies is what yeah, these Yeah, but these are also the same people that were behind, like, the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates for COVID, you know, and, and behind, like, big government programs on poverty and homelessness and all that stuff. So it's kind of ironic because they're called Antifa, you know, and they're not like and or anarchist, you know, communists or whatever, but they're really not anarchists in any sense of the word. Well, I mean, you know, I think voters are getting a little sick and tired of it, and I think Chicago might be the tip of the iceberg because it's going to be a Democrat who's going to win anyway. They had like 15 Democrats when Republicans <laughs> don't even bother. But right. the main guy, I think he was like head of the school board in Chicago, and he said basically his platform was we've got to do something about crime in this city, and I think people embrace that message. Mm. Or, or option B, they're a bunch of racist, segus, sexist, bigot homophobes. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably what it is. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, March is National Women's Month, Women's History. And um, Katanji Brown-Jackson, Supreme Court Justice, can't tell you what a woman is. Maybe we don't even know anymore because even you know a couple of ugly dudes like me and Kurt, we could decide in March that we are women now, right? I don't know about me. It's all I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm a handsome man. Yeah. Okay. Handsome man. <laughs> You'd be a fugly woman, though. Yeah, I would. You I really would. would. <laughs> and if you need to know what that means, look up the word fugly, and you'll find out. So uh, Hershey bars, they they always jump in on Women's Month, and they've got a a series of candy bars that pay tribute to women. This is the one from Canada that kind of caught our eye here. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at yeah. Hershey's Canada. That's a dude. <laughs> There's a clip that I that I can find on that. Yeah, that is a. Uh, it's got to be a dude. That and, is a man. And also wearing the bull ring in the nose. I mean, please, whatever you do with your life, live your life, be as happy as you want to be, but don't ever serve me in a restaurant. Oh my <laughs> God, I, I hate that. And, you know, I put that up on Facebook because I had a waitress down here in Westport that had, like, the bull ring nose. I'm not talking about the cute little stud in the side or maybe even a little hoop around the nose. I'm talking about the things that look like boogers coming out of the middle of the yeah. nose, right? Yeah. Do you really want to see that when you're eating? You want to see a couple of boogers coming out at your food? That's that's what I don't like. And people who are on Facebook, most people agreed with me, um, but some of them were like, you need to be more understanding, <laughs> Mr. Man. Um, okay. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm the fucking customer. If yeah. I don't want to eat here, I'm going to take my money and go somewhere else. Yeah. I think we've been tolerant enough. You, you know? just don't understand. And another thing that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, whenever we see stuff like that, it always reminds me of this. Uh, you've seen Austin Powers. Oh, right? I love Austin Powers. Can I get you a drink, Mr. Powers? Sure. Austin, we've got to look for Dr. Evil. Wait. I've got an idea. Right, let me show you, baby. That ain't no woman. It's a man, man. Evil's assassins. That makes me want to go watch all three of the movies again. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, you know, we should really laugh more in this country. Mm -hmm. And and the people who wake up every day like Randy Weingarten, you know what else pisses me off? (laughs) She's, you know, she's a very humorless person, I think. All right. So, again, I want to thank, before we move on any further, thank. Time out here. Bob Watson. There we go. Bob Watson, our State Farm agent. You were ahead of me on that. 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance, boats, licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. He and his staff will take care of you. They're not some 800 number in a foreign country where English is their fifth language. They are right here in the middle of the country, and they are here to help you when you get in a jam what insurance is all about. It's for the uh, dark days that you have, right? It's for your worst day. It's when you've totaled your car or when your house burned down. Bob Watson and his team are there for you. They've been with me for 28 years now. 28 years this week. Wow. 816-229. Yes, I know I'm old. 816-229-7878. They'll take care of you. Bob Watson, one of our fine sponsors on Dale Carter's America. We And I care about that. I care about having the right insurance. Even if a bunch of you are driving around with no car insurance and an expired temp tag. (laughs) Hey, that's my thing. If you got an expired temp tag, you don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. There's no way. If you can't take care of that, you don't have insurance. So I have insurance, so I'm taken care of. My family is taken care of. Uh, There are other things I really don't care about. There have been some stuff in the news that I don't care about. It's funny because we get – Kurt does notes – before the show with like the video clips that you see if you're watching online on YouTube you really should because we I mean you would have missed the dude dressed up like a woman representing Hershey's for yeah. National Women's Month yeah you would have follow missed us all on that. YouTube come on man it's fun come on not a joke we put a lot of work into this come yeah. on man <laughs> so things I really don't care about the whole Alex Murtog am I saying that right Murtog uh Mur- Murdoch? Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. Found guilty, sentenced to consecutive life sentences. And all of the news channels, including Fox News Channel, went wall-to-wall on this. I don't care. Do you care? You know what? You know who it's appealing to, right? I don't. It's appealing to suburban women because that's like the, the demographic that is obsessed with like the true crime dramas and stuff like that. It's the same demographic that was obsessed with the... Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. When yeah, that but happened. at least you've heard of those two people. I'd never heard of this guy. Had you? No, yeah. not at all. So, but like you know, it's the it's the same it's the same thing though because it's it's a uh, you know it's spicy. Ooh, yeah. it's true crime. We're gonna you know turn on court TV and you know sip our Chardonnay and watch. This. Well, and certainly it brought Nancy Grace back to the front. Which yeah. you know who who didn't miss Nancy Grace? Me, for one, I didn't really care. Um, but my point on you know the uh, Johnny Depp thing, and then you could throw the O.J. Simpson thing in there, 
those took on a life of their own because they were celebrities that people had seen in movies or watched play football, things like that. And, you know, my wife is glued to – you talk about IDTV. Yeah. I sleep with one eye open because she watches every one of those shows. Mm. So why not any of those? Why did they settle on this one guy and make him a national, you know, wall-to-wall news guy? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't either. That's don't the care. thing. I don't care. Okay. Um, something else I don't care about that they were making a big deal about last week. Joe uh, Joey B. and his lovely wife, Dr. Jill Biden, um, went out to an Italian restaurant, and they both ordered the same thing. And I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, you know, from conservative media or liberal media. They were all, all, all over it. It's like, I can't believe they ordered the same thing. I've ordered the same thing as my wife before. Have you? So dumb. What is the deal? I Who don't know. cares? Waste of time. All right. So this is going to be a quick segment. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing I don't care about, uh, unisex bathrooms at the new KCI. You know, I, and I had a friend, and, and I called him on Facebook, one of my left-of-center friends, which he took offense to, by the way. And He's like, I'm not left-of-center. I'm a communist. Yeah, How no, dare you? <laughs> like, all of them who I say are a little left-of-center will say, I'm fiscally conservative and socially aware. That's the old thing, right? I, I uh, will not name names, but I, I think I pissed off somebody that we work with oh, uh, yeah? like a couple months ago because we were all out for drinks. And I was trying not to get involved in the conversation, but he was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal. And I was like, so you're a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not like that. Well, I, I guess I'm socially liberal to the point of, I really don't care what you do in your bedroom. You know, I've always believed that, that um, your rights end where mine begin. So do whatever you want to do. You've got freedom. You've got equality in this country. But when you start trying to jam it down my throat, that's where I say that's a foul. So, uh, unisex bathrooms at the new KCI. You, you know why I really don't care about this? I, I guess this guy gets off the plane, and I haven't been there yet. I'm going next week. Um, that when you get off the plane, there's this huge bathroom area, and they are closed off stalls, right? Mm-hmm. And then you all share the same sink. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy will pee anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. A guy will crap anywhere. Yeah. The ones I feel sorry for are the legitimate women. Yeah, because no woman wants to pee next to a guy. No woman wants to crap next to a guy. Yeah, can you imagine being in the stall next door? Hey, you got some toilet paper over here <laughs> I can use? I just, you know. And then there's also the safety issue. You know, one of my my friends pointed out: How long will it be before some deranged dude grabs a woman, takes her into the stall, and locks the door? I don't know. I mean, it, who, for all we know, it's already happened. I mean, it has already happened in schools and things like that. Yeah. There's already been cases of sexual assault and, and rape in schools uh, with I don't transgender care, I'm, people. I'm going to go uh, into the unisex bathroom, and, and I'm, I, I, what I understand is the stalls are floor to ceiling, so there's no peeking underneath, you know, dropping a quarter, seeing what you can see on the other <laughs> side. Um, so there will be none of that. But I just I want to pee next to a woman. Doesn't that sound like fun? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I don't know. I don't care. Like you okay. said, well, like you said though, I mean, it's true. We'll pee anywhere. You know? Exactly. I uh that's that's the beauty of uh, you know, like I was on the golf course this weekend with uh another one of our coworkers. Yeah. And uh pee on the golf course? Yeah, just, you know. You're a good man. Yeah, just like, you know, you stand next to the cart, like no, make sure nobody's looking, just kind of, you know, 
take care of business real quick, and it's easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and actually, you know, we can go even further than the unisex bathrooms. I really don't care about the new KCI. Man, you talk about wall-to-wall coverage. The yeah. day that thing opened, I mean, you know, all of the local television stations broke in with live coverage of the first plane landing at the new KCI. Well, first of all, they're the same old runways. Right. Right? They're the old runways. All they did was take away the three uh, terminal concept where they were semicircles. And pre-9-11, Kansas City had one of the best forward-thinking airports in the country because you get off the plane and you were at the street. Right. Boom, boom. Right. Uh, and now we've got an airport just like everybody else does, where you got to walk a mile to get anywhere, um, and yeah, it's got more restaurant choices. Whoop de doo. Yeah. Um, and so I'll let you know what I think when I come back. Yeah, I'm curious. I haven't been there yet either, and I'm not going to be until May. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm. Sh- I-, I think it was a net positive probably i mean probably i kind of so but who I needs wall to wall coverage on it yeah and i kind of still you know i don't know how i feel about it because it costs a lot of money obviously but you know hopefully it'll bring in more travel to kansas city and and more tourism and things like that um but we'll, we'll see I don't well know. you know one of the things i was really behind on the regional rail coalition back in the day was building and i worked with a democrat on this mike sanders who was the jackson county executive at the time you know he had a dream of using existing rail traffic not building new rail traffic but using existing rail traffic to basically have a uh, regional rail system commuter rail that would take you and you've lived in big cities you know what i'm talking about here basically get on a train at kci and take you into downtown yeah our airport is out in the middle of nowhere. Right. You want something that's going to increase convention business, build more hotels, which they've done downtown, and then have a better transportation system to get them from the airport to downtown. But that went down in a, a ball of flames. Yeah, I feel like Kansas City is just under that threshold, right, of like the size a, a city usually gets to to have a regional rail system. Like St. Louis has one, but right. St. Louis is a little bit bigger than Kansas City. It is city. bigger, but you know the the example I would use is Charlotte. Charlotte's about the same size as Kansas City. Oh, and, and they have regional and rail? And they have regional rail. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So uh, Kansas City, in case you're looking for a factoid to impress friends at a party with, has the most freeways per capita of any city in America. Yeah. yep. Uh, and people just don't want to give up their cars. So we're not going to have a regional rail system anytime soon. Maybe we'll get one eventually. But, hey, we got a new airport. So mm-hmm. go out there and have dinner at the airport. Maybe that will make you feel better. I personally don't care. Okay, the liberal paradox we teased at the at the open of this. There's a new liberal paradox. Wind farm construction is killing whales. Wind farm construction is killing the whales, killing other animals too. So um, let's before we get to my solution, you got the uh, the pickup here. If you were watching on YouTube or Rumble, you would see this. But uh, those are huge. Yeah, yeah. I think those are blue whales or sperm whales or humpback whales. Or I mean, you got like people standing around it, and and they look like buildings. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Okay. So John Kerry, who is our um, climate czar. The guy who just sold his private plane because he got tired of taking a bunch of shit for flying it all over the place. But he sold it to somebody else who's going to fly it all right. over the place. <laughs> so that didn't help the environment. He he wants to weigh in on this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. We got a, uh, a little snippet here from John Kerry. Now, as far as the whale thing is concerned, I was kind of looking into it. So I guess the deal is 
that they're they're drilling so they're putting wind turbines in like in the water right yeah. offshore so there's a lot of drilling that's involved into the bedrock in order to anchor the uh, wind turbines and the sound and just the presence of these machines and stuff messes with the whales you know it messes with their because uh, they use like a lot of sonar and stuff like that to to navigate so that's uh, the the prevailing theory on why they're ending up you know beached and and dead. And so uh, John Kerry was asked about that. He said, when you talk about wildlife, the creatures below sea and creatures above the sea, can a bird wind up becoming the victim of that blade? Yes, I think we know that that can happen. But on the other hand, birds are also highly receptive in flight, and their radar is significantly capable of shying away from both noise as well as visual. Look at the average highway in any country in the world. Cars hit birds. I don't hear anybody complaining about that or trains or airplanes. It's a balance, and I think it's not a crisis in my judgment. I hope when my plane takes off from KCI Monday, it doesn't hit a bird because that, that can be a bad day. That can be a very bad day if you hit a yeah. bird with your plane. <laughs> All right. So uh, next week on the podcast, Doug Heishman, who is an officer with the Blue Springs Police Department, he's going to be a special guest because I'm going to be traveling. And we're going to talk about the Blue Springs Citizens Police Academy. A lot of towns have this. And if your town doesn't have it, you should ask them to start it. And when you want to talk about what police officers go through, and how they're out there trying to keep you safe. This would give you a, a very um, deep understanding of what it is that they are going through and uh, put yourself in their shoes and the split-second decisions that they have to make. So Doug is going to be our guest next week. I told you I would solve the liberal paradox if we only used what we had in the ground already. Instead of chasing unsustainable energy sources, we'd be energy independent and save the whales. Don't we want to save the whales? Oh, Don't more, you care more than anything. More yeah. than anything. I love whales. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. You I should watch that. that movie. I've seen it. It's all about the whales. It's all about going into the future to save whales because we needed whales in the 24th century and we didn't have them because you were putting up all these goddamn wind farms and you were killing all the whales. <laughs> you killed all the whales. So Captain Kirk and Spock had to go back in time and get some to repopulate the species. And with that, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.